both marijuana and hemp. I, I would love to see that fully legal across the country because not only are we seeing the benefits on the medicinal side of things, but we're also seeing incredible economic impact and you know, less people being put in prison. And from a systemic and foundational level, it's such a no-brainer. You know, and this is where the frustration comes in. It's just the, the, the powers that be certainly have plenty of reasons not to legalize this. There's a lot of money to be made in ibuprofen and in anxiety drugs and, you know, all the other pharmaceuticals that address the exact same things that, that, that hemp does. The fact that, you know, cocaine is a class two drug and marijuana and hemp you could smoke a garbage bag full of hemp and the most you'd get is maybe a headache. You're not going to get high. And the fact that that's like the schedule one drug is just staggering. That's Rhett Taylor and Adrian Zimmerman. And this is episode 233 of Wellness Force Radio. What's up, my friend? It's your host, Josh Trent. And welcome back to another episode for your weekly access to global experts in all things wellness as we discover the physical and emotional intelligence we need to live life well. In this podcast, we're talking about healing the human through a well-known yet often misunderstood and powerful plant called hemp. And no, I'm not talking about marijuana. I'm talking about a plant that for the past 80 years has been federally banned in the USA. But due to decades of clinical research and public outcry, the 2018 Farm Bill will include hemp legalization. Now, hemp has been grown as far back as the 17th century. And up until 1937, when oligopoly businesses and paper mills came together to demonize hemp because it threatened their businesses. But as scientific research and the data is showing, hemp oil with its healing power and even better, full-spectrum hemp oils containing no psychoactive properties. You do not get high from this stuff. You get well. These are showing a range of active cannabinoids, each carrying their distinct healing property. This is why I felt deep down after the past three months, it was time to finally bring on experts to the show to talk about this because what I'm seeing now across the wellness industry is that we're essentially in a wild, wild west when it comes to CBD and hemp. So I cannot wait for you to hear this story of these two men that came together after experiencing a dark contrast in the concrete jungles of New York to eventually let go of all their flashy clothes and high paying jobs to leave that all behind, circle the globe and then make it back together to meet an almost mythical organic farmer in the fields of Colorado named Farmer Kurt. You're going to want to go to the show notes for this episode. They're found at wellnessforce.com as well as an awesome hookup from Ned. If you've been curious about hemp oil for healing and you've been learning about the health promoting benefits online from friends, this show is the best one for you right now. We talk about why CBD and hemp oil can be used as a first line of defense naturally We expose the common myths and misconceptions about hemp and CBD, the endocannabinoid system, how hemp oils can synergistically help us in homeostasis. That's the balancing act of our biology and our psychology and our physiology. We also talk about using hemp oil in combination with other wellness modalities and why this is not for hippies anymore. This is for weekend warriors, athletes, professionals, moms and dads, people like you and me that are looking for ways to decrease anxiety and stress or emotional distress so we can live our life well. I know you're going to dig both Rhett and Adrian's story. They have been through their own hero's journey to make it to us today. They were kind enough to give the Wellness Force audience a great discount, 10% off 
give their product a test drive. If you've been looking for a tool to help with stress, you've been researching about CBD and hemp, all you have to do is go to helloned.com, enter code wellnessforce, you'll get the 10% off. Just go to helloned.com and enter code wellnessforce and you'll get 10% off your test drive of the hemp oil. Now let's hear from these two guys behind Ned, Adrian Zimmerman and Rhett Taylor. Let's drop in. I am Josh Trent. This is Wellness Force. And my guests today are the founders of NED, a revolutionary natural health company specializing in CBD, who are both on a mission to find the best natural remedies from around the world and to create a better first line of defense for health. Now, both of these men are veterans in the business world who met in New York around five years ago, while one of them was wearing Vibram five finger shoes on Saturdays in Central Park, swinging on trees. But they formed a friendship around a shared experience of personal transformation through the power of health, both of them on paper. They had it all in Manhattan, flashy clothes, high paying jobs, status and title. But they found in their own unique journeys that burnout and health complications were part of the Manhattan lifestyle that they were not willing to stand for. Through these two unique stories of hardship, travel, cancer and triumph, they both left the Big Apple behind and went on a solo spiritual quest to find the answers, which we're talking about today on the podcast, the answers about how to have a life based in connection, contribution, and abundance of health, wealth, and relationships. Today, we're exploring why CBD is this first line of defense for better health, who it's for, and why CBD is the next revolution in health. Welcome Rhett Taylor and Adrian Zimmerman to Wellness Force. Thank you, Josh. What yeah. an intro. You know, this is your first podcast. Yeah. I feel very honored that you guys you know, came in from Colorado today. What's your experience of San Diego? Well, I mean, it was great to touch down here. Rhett and I have both spent a lot of time here in you know, our past lives, whether it's for work or for play. And uh, it's always nice to be back. Yeah. We got here a little bit early. And, um, you know, I just, I love California trees. So about 45 minutes ago, I was up in a tree climbing that tree. We have the Torrey Pines <laughs> here in San Diego, one of the few yeah. places in the world where they grow. What's unique about Colorado? You guys uh, live in Colorado now? Or where do you both live? Yeah, both in Colorado. Near the farm, which we're going to talk about, this this first line of defense. You know, I've been diving into CBD myself, gosh, 18 months now. It's the wild, wild west. Mm -hmm. Today, we're going to talk about the myths, the misconceptions. There's a lot of BS info out there about CBD. But I think what's really cool about this podcast is both you guys have been through an evolution of self you know, real true transformation of, as I said in the intro, like triumph and overcoming really incredible odds to actually be a CBD company now. Let's set the, the mark though. I think earlier this year, uh, the World Anti-Doping Agency removed CBD from the banned substances. So more and more athletes now are using CBD for uh, pain and, and relief instead of opioids and instead of ibuprofen. So wh where are we at now, you guys, like, with the state of the union for CBD? Like, give us just a brief snapshot of the legal aspects of CBD. Like, what's going on there? Sure. Uh, you know, the best way to, to talk about it is it's still murky waters. Um, there is the kind of mainstream acceptance of it now to a certain extent, but there is still this seven-pointed leaf stigma uh, that it, that carries from cannabis. And even even though cannabis is is also in its own right being accepted on a, on a broader level, um, you know, with the the farm bill, uh, which basically allows for industrial hemp to be distributed across the country, it's allowing more and more people to to you know, have this medicine in their hands. I think the interesting part too, is that CBD, a lot of people don't know this. We have an endocannabinoid system in our body 
And, you know, the, maybe we can talk a little bit about when CBD became vilified. I think it was somewhere around the paper mill with uh, a few rich people in the 30s. But we know that the endocannabinoid system, without these natural healing pieces from the plants, our body can truly suffer. And you look at the amount of meat that's consumed in the world right now, the way that we're, as we talked about with Paul Check, not caring about our outer environment, not caring about our inner environment. Mm -hmm. The endocannabinoid system, we're going to get into your guys' stories, but... Uh, Someone talk about this endocannabinoid system because a lot of people maybe know that I guess plants are good for them, but they may not know exactly how this system functions. Yeah. Well, you know, the endocannabinoid system is um, something that goes back to prehistoric beings. I think it's either 50 million years ago or maybe 500 million years ago. And we just found out about it about 20 years ago. So it, it regulates, um, you know, many, many different types of, uh, help me out here, AJ. Yeah, biological systems in our yeah. bodies. Uh, it's, it's a major regulatory system that mm -hmm. just hel helps kind of manage homeostasis in our bodies. So, you know, cannabinoids are found naturally in breast milk. Uh, it's one of those things that, you know, humans are consuming from, you know, from our earliest days. And, uh, it really manages the 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 balance of you know pretty much I mean you could call it almost every major biological system in our bodies. So you know, as with many other compounds that a lot of us are missing these days, you know, due to soil degradation in agriculture and you know our diets and all these other factors that are just prevalent in our lives, yeah. uh, we you know we we don't have balance in our systems. So, so, so the discovery of the endocannabinoid system and this whole movement about, around medical cannabis, medical hemp, you know, we're just unearthing more and more every day. And, you know, there's still a lot of mysteries. Like we know THC pretty well, we know CBD pretty well, but there are all these other cannabinoids that we're still learning about. Yeah. You know, today we'll focus on the, the CBD portion because as you said, there's so many things to talk about. I think this is why we're seeing such a swell of information and interest in CBD mm -hmm. is because we're in this exciting time in the health and wellness industry. I think if we look across the full spectrum of health and wellness, I don't think right now in Q4 of 2018, there's something that's being spoken about any more than CBD. I think it's probably the hottest topic uh, in everyone's website and on their blogs. And the, there's a lot of people right now just trying to make money with CBD. Mm -hmm. Your company, uh, Ned, it's got such a cool brand. There's a farmer that backs it all. Would you mind, Rhett, telling us the story about how you even met this farmer? Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, it was, a, it was a great moment for me, actually. It goes all the way back to 2015 when my mom was diagnosed with breast cancer and um, they caught it really early and thankfully it was in a good place. Um, she had a double mastectomy, she had great doctors and those doctors told her, we would like you to do chemo and we can take your chance of recurrence from 17% down to 12% by doing that chemo. And she thought... Um, she thought quite a bit about that, and and we all did. The entire family did. And at the same time, I was uh, sorry. I'm I'm, uh, I'm remembering it very clearly. Um, yeah, I mean, a lot of people deal with this, so it's a really. I mean, I, yeah. I honor the fact that you even want to talk about it. Yeah. Well, yeah. thank you. 
So she said, instead of doing chemo, instead of just thrashing my body for the next four or five months, giving myself that 15% chance of, of uh, you know, bringing my cancer cells down, I'm going to instead, I've decided to uh, just eat much healthier, to be healthier, to act healthier, to, and to fight cancer through a natural natural path. And so I asked her, I said, you know, that's great, mom, but what uh, what does that mean to you? And she said, you know, I'm just going to eat more lettuce and salads and uh, drink more water. I said, well, what kind of water? You know, tap water and uh, what kind of lettuce? And, you know, just lettuce. (laughs) (laughs) This is the answer for most people. I'll just eat the healthy foods, not knowing the actual integrity of the foods. Exactly. So, so, you know, and I, at that point, 2015, I, you know, I've been very I've been paleo. I've been around, you know, nutrition for about 10 years at this point. And and I said, well, that's just not really good enough for me. And so living in Boulder, Colorado, where every single person is a health expert and health nut, and you can get advice on everything from, you know, what is the best lettuce to shamanic journeys and uh, many other things. So um, so I did a, a deep dive in the winter of 2015 into 2016. And I found as many mentors as I could, which again were abundant in Boulder. And the one thing that kept coming up over and over was CBD, really more uh, full spectrum hemp oil, um, which contains CBD and all the other compounds. So I started buying the products, the the brands that were on the market, and uh, I was sending them to her in in North De- in North Dakota, and then later when she moved to Dubai, I was sending them there. But I just I couldn't relate with any of these brands. I couldn't I didn't know where they're they're they were growing their hemp. I didn't know how they were extracting it. I didn't know what kind of people they were, what their ethics were and what their reasons were around creating their brands. And um and around this time, so last summer, around June, I started thinking to myself how cool it would be to create a private label for my mom and I and my friends. And if nothing else, it would be neat for me to go and meet hemp farmers. And so I started traveling all over Colorado, uh, out east, down south, uh, up north. And I met with several different, I think I met with seven different uh, hemp farmers all over Colorado. And, you know, all great guys, all good farmers, um, beautiful crops. But what I was seeing was that they were growing their plants very much like their soybeans or their their corn. And, you know, they had been uh, corn farmers for generations and now they were dabbling into hemp. And um, it's a lot of pesticides as well. Yeah. This a lot, is one of the know, safety concerns with CBD is pesticide amount. Exactly. And that those were questions I was asking these guys. And, you know, after the fifth and sixth guy and then the seventh, I was like, well, maybe there isn't, you know, an organic, a really well-grown hemp crop here because um, these guys all came highly recommended and but at the same time, I kept hearing about this like mythical farmer in this place called Paonia, Colorado. And Paonia is, if you know farming, you know Paonia. It's the place where the Japanese pay like $75 for a peach, you know. it's um, <laughs> It's got this amazing microclimate that's the same as Kansas. The dirt comes from an amazing ancient riverbed. It's got 330 days of sun. The water is coming straight off the Rocky Mountains. And some of the most talented farmers in the world have flocked there. 
So I kept hearing about this this farmer there, and um, and I, nobody knew. Everybody knew who he was, kind of, but nobody. Everybody was like two degrees separation from him. And then finally, it turned out that my sister Catherine knew him, and she eventually got his phone number and connected us. And right around this time last year, so late September ish, I connected with him, and he invited my daughter, my wife, and I up to his farm, and we went. What did he look like? Like, it just sounds like a mythical being. Yeah, was, yeah. Did he have like a corn cob pipe and overalls? Like, what is it? What is a? It's, it's hemp, right? Hemp yeah. is the farm. Well, he he has twelve acres just outside of Paonia, right on the foot of Mount Lambort or Lamborn, 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 and uh, it's a beautiful twelve acres. But he really only farms about an acre at that time. He was only farming one acre. So I drive up and immediately I know he's our guy. I mean, I see the prayer flags and I see his crop and, um, and then he comes out and what did he look like? He, uh, looked like Kurt farmer. (laughs) He, um, at the time he had these great long braids and, you know, checkered vans and, uh, he looks like a, like you would expect a hemp farmer to look. This yeah. this man uh, has been probably an inspiration to the underbelly of the whole company, mm. right? This connection to the farmer. Um, yeah. For people that have never even heard of Ned, Adrian, what exactly is Ned? I introduced it as a revolutionary natural health company because I, I think that's what it is based on my experience. But I'd love for you to describe, how do you say Ned and what do you say Ned is if you're in an elevator with someone? Yeah, well, I, I say Ned is a wellness brand that's really just committed to our mission, which is to help people feel better and live better through much simpler means and a much deeper connection to the natural world. Um, and going back to Kurt, I mean, he was a representation of that. He was a, a guy who had spent a lot of time all over the place and comes from a family of farmers. And, you know, as he... Uh, as he, you know, entered like later adulthood, he's now just about 40, I think now, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he he got to a point where he just wanted his land and he wanted to do something that he could feel good about. And when you hear him talk about the healing powers of hemp and what he's doing every day in his fields and how he, you know, why he literally walks around his field playing reggae to his plants mm. is because he thinks that every little kind of contribution and every every uh, every consideration and every energetic infusion, every tone that these plants hear goes into the development of something superior and something better and something that holds healing power. Now, this is fascinating because uh, just a few months ago, there was a study at a major university. We'll link this in the show notes. And there was a plant that was placed in a hallway and right next to it, there was another plant. One of the plants was bullied and cursed at mm-hmm. and had a bunch of like hateful energy shot to it. But the other plant was loved and it had like hugs and, and people mm-hmm. were giving it positive affirmations. After a few months, one of the plants started growing towards the ground, the one that was receiving the hate. Mm-hmm. I think it's fascinating that plants can receive energetic infusions and the results are the proof of the pudding. One of the things you guys do is, I love this on your site, you say, everything in life is vibration, Albert mm-hmm. Einstein. Mm-hmm. And that's been mentioned a couple of times on Wellness Force. We know about the law of vibration. But from seed to bottle, these hemp products, they are infused with love and gratitude and positive vibrations. What exactly is this? You use binaural beats at 35 and 7.83 hertz played to each bottle? Mm-hmm. Tell us about the science of this. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, the science is not necessarily what 
many scientists would call science. Um, it's more of a, you know, mandula oblongata science than it is a prefrontal cortex where we can completely logically write it down. But, you know, there's many, many, many experiments like that with the plant. And uh, I think the biggest, most famous example is the uh, New York Times bestseller, The Hidden Messages in, uh, in Water. The Hidden Messages in Water. Yeah. And this is uh, Marimoto or uh, yeah. someone like that. Dr. Imori Emoto. Yeah, Morimoto. Yeah. And he, um, he showed that water can receive energy. And the frequencies that are given to it dictate how it behaves. And so we talk about this book a lot. And it's really the foundation of that science that that we have used. And you know whether or not it um, it works, we believe it does. And a lot of our our um, biggest believers, our customers, uh, believe it works as well. And when they hear that we do that, when they hear that we also use binaural beats to infuse uh, the Shulman resonance, um, which is the resonance of the Earth which is the, that 7.83, and then also the 3.5 hertz, which is a very grounding, healing, affirming resonance, or yeah. frequency, rather. On your site, you list this as the Schumann's resonance. This is more of a focus, a balance, and a calm. This 7.83 hertz, uh, a healing frequency, very similar and connected to the Earth's magnetic field. Mm -hmm. This is you're talking to the right audience because we know about the power of things that can't be seen but can be mm -hmm. felt. Mm -hmm. So in science, there's a war between science and religion mm -hmm. and you know the analytical mind versus the spiritual mind. They are connected. And I think what I get from you guys, which is very different, I've come across a lot of CBD companies lately especially, you have a much more grounded approach, a much more connected approach to this being a business but also being a respect to Mother Earth. Can you articulate this connection between, you know, making money? Because let's make money. That's how we live in this game, in this world. Uh, but also, how do we make money with CBD? How do you guys plan on doing this? And then also honoring Mother Earth at the same time. Yeah, yeah well, you know, we started this company because Rhett and I had both been in positions where we were making money. And we were living these lives that we were thought to believe is what we should aspire to. And, you know, each in our own ways found ourselves living these lives and just, you know, empty and, and miserable and questioning, you know, existence. Like these existential questions that started coming up for me personally, when I was about 30, completely threw into question everything I had been raised to know and everything I had been taught to know. Um, you know, and I found myself there at 30 and having checked off all these boxes that it set off to, to accomplish in my 20s. And, you know, I was living this life in New York where I had my, you know, my sweet bachelor pad and I had loads of dates and I was had my New York Rangers season tickets, which was like a childhood dream come true. And I was living this life that I thought I wanted and I just came out the back end of it just empty. And, you know, I, I was living this life that was really relegated to lower Manhattan. Uh, I would have my business trips and I'd be jet setting on the weekends, but at the end of the day that there was no, there was no connection to, to nature. And, you know, I'd grown up going to my grandparents' farm in Finland every summer. Uh, my mother's side is Finnish and uh, grew up on four acres where most of my time was spent outside. And by the time I was 30, I'd completely severed this connection to the natural world, you know? So, so having lived this life in, in New York, you know, I was totally struggling because, you know, you, 
work so hard to accomplish this person and build this identity that, you know, in essence became this, this life raft for me and questioning that completely through into question what I was here for. And you got to the top of the mountain and you were like, is this it? Mm. Is this all there is? Yeah. How many much. thousands of people listening can relate to that? Totally. You get to totally, this goal totally. that you think is going to be great and then it's so anticlimactic. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I was, I was sitting there and I'd been advising a company out in the UK that had turned into probably the most prolific digital media company in Europe. And, um, you know, I was like, okay, well, it's definitely the place. It's not the person. So let's go to the UK and everything's going to be all right. I'm going to make a bunch more money. And then I'm just going to like, you know, all my worries will go away. It was great for about a month. And then I just started waking up with that same feeling of, holy shit, my life is not my own. Time is just slipping away and I, I'm i just lost. And, uh, you know, I just suppressed that feeling as long as I could. And then, you know, it, it you talked about sledgehammer moments with us. Uh, yeah. You know, my sledgehammer moment was about six months into that gig. I was presenting in front of the entire company. I was sitting as the executive director. So, you know, leadership role in that company. And, um, you know, started my presentation just as I would any other. And halfway through, my hand started to shake and my voice started to go. And this overwhelming fear took over. And I was looking out at this room of my employees uh, who were all friendly, great, young, vibrant people. And I just found no solace in that whatsoever. And just this transpired this full blown panic attack in front of the entire company as a leader. Did you and pass out? You feel like you couldn't breathe, or what I did it? not pass out. Thankfully, I, I managed to choke out some more words and just you know basically turned a ten minute presentation into about a minute and eighteen seconds, and just walked back to my chair in utter confusion. I had never had a panic attack before, and I just had no way to reconcile like what just happened. And, you know, two days later, I broke out in shingles. The entire right side of my body was like in a rash. And I went to a doctor and he just said, have you been under a lot of stress? And it was probably the first time I actually stopped to take inventory of that. Mm. Have I been under a lot of stress? This is what led you to India, was having this shingles event and going totally. through all this. And this is where people listening can connect to this. The emotions that are unprocessed. I mean, Bruce Lipton calls it the issues are in the tissues for a reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in India, like, what did you learn there? What did you? Yeah. Well, to? you know, I, uh, within about two weeks of that moment, I was out the door of the company in the UK. Like back then I was saying it was mutual, but I got fired. You know, I was. You got they, the gift of being fired. Yeah. They, <laughs> did, they didn't want, they don't want me there anymore. Yeah. Uh, they, you know, I was this hotshot from New York that they brought in to, to take their company to another level and this collapse that just completely threw that in a question. So, so they were, they, you know, bought me out. I was all of a sudden left there with, for the first time in 10 years, no email to answer to, no presentation to put together, no spreadsheets or whatever it might be. And um, yeah, you know, it was on this little road trip after a wedding in Seattle that I, for the first time in probably since college, I took time to just be outside. Um, I was road tripping by myself from Seattle to where my parents live in Northern California. And I was camping and hiking and, you know, sleeping under the stars and just all of a sudden feeling this entire like crazy lift. 
where, you know, I could breathe again. And I, this first moment really happened in the Redwoods where I was just walking and I was like, okay, well, if I leave the UK, like what, what's going to happen with taxes? And what if, if I want to go do this like travel thing, like what's going to happen? And, and all of a sudden I just stopped in my tracks and I was looking up at these massive Redwood trees and I heard insects. I heard the wind in the leaves. I saw streaks of light coming down from the trees and I just stopped in my tracks and I, I cried. And I think I cried because it was the first time I could release in that long. And I was stepping away from this identity that had consumed me for so long. Um, so sorry, that's total <laughs> tangent to get to. No, to, I, mean, to, I, to I, the, could, I could visualize you in front of this redwood with the insects completely sober and just having a threshold experience. Well, not totally sober. Okay. Yeah, just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, we never know on wellness course, right? Yeah. Um, so you're, you're standing there and then I, I want to pause the tape on your story because this culmination of like Manhattan, brick and mortar, having a panic attack, going to the nature, going back to the source, that's really to put on pause with your story, also a mirror of Rhett's story. So Adrian's standing there in front of the tree at that moment, where were you? Because his evolution was different than yours, but yet you guys came together in the future. Yeah, yeah. Well, I left uh, New York and, and moved to Saudi Arabia, uh, where I, where my first job had been. And I was asked to come back and start a business there. And it was going to be, you know, work here for five or 10 years, and then you're done. You, know? you were going to retire early. Yeah, I was going to be retired by 40. And, um, and my wife, my brand new wife, was down with that, bless her heart. And so I head over there and... Um, our daughter had just uh, been delivered as well. And I was supposed to have them there very quickly, very quickly turned into almost more than a year of me waiting for their visas. And in the meantime, I'm just absolutely doing amazing business. Um, things are flying and uh, I'm working with princes and CEOs. And uh, I mean, it couldn't have been better. But at the same time, uh, I was away from my, my brand new family. And I missed my daughter's first steps. It was a year and a half. And I used to wake my wife up uh, laughing all the time, <laughs> at least twice a month. And she'd say, you did it again. You, you woke me up, you were laughing. <laughs> and, uh, and that's my MO. I'm pretty damn happy. But when I woke up for the second time in about a week crying, when I was in Saudi Arabia in this huge house that was supposed to be for, for the family, and I was all by myself on this mattress on the floor, <laughs> Um, I said, uh, man, that is it. And uh, I flew to the Netherlands where my wife and daughter were. And yeah, we, we had a lot of options at that point. And we looked at many of them, San Diego being one of them. But Boulder was really calling me. Colorado was calling me. The mountains were calling. And, um, and I had ignored that for so long. And I eventually listened to it. And it has been the best thing I've ever done because that put me into a place, put me into a state where I was able to then eventually, a year later, really see who I truly am and what is truly important to me. And that happened in uh, the summer of 2015 when... Um, the lease ran up on our house and my wife and daughter were going home to the Netherlands for two months. And I said, why would I get a, a new place on July 1st? Why don't I just get it two months later? And I'm going to be, I'm going to sell my BMW and I'm going to buy a Toyota 4Runner and I'm going to throw my tent and my sleeping bag and my fishing rod and my bike in the back. And I'm going to live out of that. 
And I did, and it was amazing. And uh, I lived in Aspen and Telluride and in the tops of mountains and eventually uh, made my way over into Utah. And the whole time I'm working, I've got this whole like, you know, outdoor office set up with, with all my, all the gadgets I would need to be completely connected. So I didn't miss a beat with work. At the, at the same time, I've got this goal of like being inside as little as possible. And um, in that two months, I might have spent maybe 45 minutes inside. And that would have just been to like, you know, pay for gas or something like that. It had to have also been challenging though, because here you are, you know, coming from like a palace with princes and sheiks. And Ah. now you're separated from your family, living in a van, basically, down by the river. So (laughs) so there's this situation, like what were you going through emotionally? Yeah, I was having the best time ever. I was finally on the, I knew I was getting close to figuring out who I was and, and, and I sensed that there was something big coming. And so I went to the desert in Utah, which is, I know I had, have had many past lives there and there's a calling for me, um, from was that Zion? place. Zion? Is that the park that you went to? Yeah, Zion's beautiful, but way too crowded for me. So I was in, um, uh, Grand Staircase Escalante National Park or National Monument rather, um, which has become unfortunately more famous than it used to be because of Trump. But, uh, another, we won't get in politics, but yeah, so I was out in the middle of nowhere and it all kind of came to me, which is, you know, here I am healing myself through nature. I've always done this. Even when I've lived in the biggest cities in the world, New York, Sao Paulo, Riyadh, Boston, Miami, I always sought out those very natural places. Were you the guy climbing on trees in all those cities and people yeah. are like, who's this dude in the trees wearing the Vibrams? Yeah, that, that was the guy. That was that was me. <laughs> yeah. And we had a big uh, meetup group in Central Park in New York with about 2,000 people. Um, but anyways, nature has always healed me. And since 2009, I have been researching why that is. And so I was putting it all into play that summer. And I realized why I'm here. And that is to help people reconnect with nature, to help businesses reconnect with nature, um, governments and organizations, and as many people as possible. And so NED is very much an extension of that for me. NED is, you know, you asked about the difference between CBDs and it's the Wild West and there's no regulations. And yeah, people really take advantage of that. And they're buying CBD isolate from China and they're going you know, rock bottom prices um, on their costs and they're making ridiculous margins. You know, cost has never been really a factor for us. We thought, let's put together an amazing product. Let's create the story behind it. Let's show that story, you know, what that process has been. And Adrian and I honestly don't know how to do it any other way. We have to have, you know, we're all about that quality. So, so that was what that journey to find Kurt was. And after finding Kurt, it was the journey to find the very best extraction process and extractors in Colorado. And um, and we absolutely did. I want to talk about that too, because there's a lot of questions around uh, the potency, the pesticides, the residual solvents, uh, the way that it's extracted. So we'll get into like a bulk of the science here shortly. But I want to go back to Adrian standing in front of the tree. Hearing yeah. the insects at that same time, here's Rhett having this transformational experience in the desert. It's so profound to me. Yeah. And this is why I connect with your company so much. You guys have this huge business acumen. You came from concrete jungle. You both went on this kind of spiritual quest, multiple thresholds breached. 
then you're both standing there. I'm almost wondering, was it around the same time that you were in front of the tree and that he was in the desert having this kind of like recapitulation? It must have been. It was it was August 2015. So yeah. sounds like about exactly the same time. How I did you think- guys actually meet up once you both realized this is why I'm here? Well, I, I went to Adrian um, for advice about once I had that vision, which the plan was to manifest it in a company called Reconnect. And um, and I intend to still do that one day. But I came to, to Adrian for advice on how to create that and how to market it and how to you know tell the story around that. And Adrian very, very graciously offered as much of his knowledge and wisdom around that as, as he could. And, and we met multiple times while Adrian's you know, going to Nepal and then down to Patagonia. And every time he'd come back, we would circle back and get together face to face. And he would, you know, give me more great tidbits and insights into, you know, how to bring Reconnect to life. And um, yeah, and then Adrian came back from somewhere far away. Yeah, I think it was New Zealand was the last like real stop on my on my time away. Yeah. And um yeah, at that point I had you know passed through LA and you know had come out of this at that point I think it was about 20 months of travel. Um and I had you know had the whole spectrum of experiences and gone down the spiritual path and then what did that spiritual path look like? Cuz there's a deep spiritual element to net. Yeah, well it was it was honestly totally by accident. Um you know, I I when I so I was standing in front of that tree just to to close the loop on that story, and you know, it was on that trip. I think I must have been in my tent or something that I just decided that instead of trying to recover and like go seeing a therapist and probably get on anxiety meds, that I was just going to go away. It was the first opportunity I had to just you know put away what's ahead of me and what's behind me and just you know just heal and look within and um so i so i decided i was going to go away i chose nepal as my first destination because it was so foreign i've done a lot of travel i lived in hong kong but you know places like nepal and india are just new territory and i just knew that they were you know going to rattle the cage and take me so far out of my normal and uh so got on a plane to Kathmandu and um you know, find myself in this chaotic city with just noise and just endless people and crowds and, you know, and then after a short week there, I retreated to the mountains and uh, wandered by myself into the Himalayas and ended up doing about two weeks on the Annapurna Circuit Trail, met all sorts of amazing people who were all on the same type of path nobody was there just for vacation mm-hmm. everybody was there in search of something people tend to go to these remote spaces mm-hmm. whether it's a vision quest or a spirit quest because yeah. they have this desire to reconnect with themselves and it's mm-hmm. actually to, to go back to episode 226 with paul check when did we stop dancing when did we stop yeah. singing when did we stop spending time with ourselves, with ourselves. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah 
We live in a pretty incredible time to be able to have these tools to help us with our wellness. And wellness starts with breathing and the micronutrients that are inside of our body. Yes, we're talking about healing powers for cannabinoids today and hemp oil and CBD. But there's a little known piece of plant technology called adaptogens that are found in the Organifi Wellness Force bundle. Now, this bundle you've heard us talk about before. This is slow-dried, organic, vegan, dairy-free, soy-free, non-GMO superfood powders, which means you don't have to go to the grocery store and buy a bunch of produce and then watch it go bad in the fridge, which I can raise my hand. My trips to the grocery store typically end up in wasted produce. Drink Organifi for just a few bucks a day. You can get your discounted bundle with these adaptogens that help us maintain an even better level of homeostasis with micronutrients fed to our system from the inside out. All you have to do to get this discount of 20% off is enter code wellnessforce at organifi.com forward slash wellnessforce. We made it really easy for you. Wellnessforce is the code for 20% off at organifi.com forward slash wellnessforce. Ned, I, I see a fraction of Ned as a company. It's, it's really a, a tool, a wellness tool to go within because nobody mm-hmm. does CBD because they're trying to be like a better sprinter specifically. I mean, make, tangentially they might, but most people find CBD products because they're in some kind of crisis, because they're in some kind of suffering. Yeah, they're in a prison. And that's the way I look at it, is they're stuck in a prison, whether that's a prison of insomnia, anxiety, pain, um, cancer. And people are stuck in those prisons. And, and it's through nature that we're able to thrive. And the deeper our connection to nature the more we're able to thrive. And that's why, you know, right now, people are not thriving as they could. They're really not. But um, as soon as they they go to the mountains, as soon as they stand beneath the redwoods, that thriving begins to happen. And so that's really what we're what we're trying to do with, with Ned, which is to take something from nature and to do it as ethically and as as simply and naturally as possible, put it in a bottle, and on that bottle, put the topography of the land where it comes from. If you look at our bottle, we've got that design, that's topo, and that comes directly from our farm. That's the mountain there um, from which the water runs down onto the farm. And then if you look very small, the, uh, the GPS coordinates are right there. So we're really trying to connect you with that experience of being there on the farm. And my hope is that, you know, every morning or every night when you use it, you are able in your mind to transport yourself to your picture, whatever that might be of that natural place. Let's go through the stages then, because you talked about the prison. Uh, Uh, There's a reason that the weight loss industry, the pain relief industry is multi-billion dollars, uh, probably tenfold actually. How does hemp oil specifically address pain management or chronic pain? Because we've we've been reading a lot and we've been talking a little bit about, you know, the, the health benefits, the relaxation. I myself have dealt with anxiety my whole life. So I can feel a, a powerful difference. Like we just did a little bit of, of your product before the show. I'm so calm. Mm-hmm. I'm connected to you guys. I mean, it helps that we're sitting Indian style at my kitchen table. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, let's let's talk about the chronic care 
portion of CBD and hemp oil. Uh, how does this specifically address people with these long-term pain conditions? What's the research showing on that? Uh, so we should just give context that we're not making claims here just because that's one of the you know, Since realities that West. we lived. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One of the realities we live with here. But, you know, what I can say is that we have customers who range from veterans with PTSD and major injuries to, you know, a 70 year old woman with Parkinson's um, and uh, ultra marathon runners, ultra marathon runners who are you know, feeling the the effects of their races. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we continue to get these messages uh, from these customers that are like, holy cow, like this, this woman with Parkinson's I just referred to, we actually got her message through her niece who bought it for her. But she said, holy cow, I just woke up pain-free for the first time in years. You know, so there is a lot of research that, you know, I think it's probably best to let you know, the listeners kind of go and do their own digging, but you know, the, the, the medicine is real. And, you know, it's also that a lot of these, these, you know, traditional medications and prescription pharmaceuticals, you know, with every condition they treat, they create, you know, a cascading effect of others. Does it, does it bother you at all that you can't speak freely about the types of things that you're seeing and say, yes, we can claim this (laughs) just because we are in the wild west? It does and it doesn't because at the end of the day, the FDA created these rules to protect people from, mm-hmm. you know, the, the bad side of the Wild West. Those companies that would, you know, sell you snake oil or tell you like, you know, you pay me a thousand dollars and I'm going to, you know, bring your, you know, dead wife back or your, whatever it might be. Yeah. Uh, it is a predatory industry, all angles of health. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, you know, um, so, so we understand it. We're playing by the rules, and it 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 falls into this kind of new code of ethics that at least really was instilled in my own existence beyond just business, um, in my love life and relationships, mm-hmm. the way I approach, you know, just honesty with myself, which leads to honesty with other people. The way I approach vulnerability, you know take me back three years, I never would have been talking about a panic attack on, mm-hmm. you know, a, a podcast that sure. goes out to so many people. Poor energetic um, infusions. Exactly. Binaural beats. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. um, you know, so it doesn't bother us per se. We wish we could really just, mm. you know, speak more freely about, yeah. you know, okay, you could try this for X, Y, Z, but, um, you know, we are yeah, limited. We've, we've really taken the, the approach of, of, playing exactly by the book. And that's why you won't see the term CBD anywhere on our bottle, um, which I know costs us sales because people come to our site and they go, oh, well, it's just hemp oil. And um, yeah, it's full spectrum hemp oil with all of the compounds of cannabis in there. What does that that mean though? Full spectrum hemp oil. What is a spectrum and why is it full? (laughs) So, So a single compound, CBD is a single compound. It's cannabidiol. Uh, THC is a single compound. If you ex- take the profile of a hemp flower or a cannabis flower, or the buds as most people know them, it doesn't have just one compound in there. It has this huge range, the full spectrum of cannabinoids. So full spectrum is really speaking to the fact that it's not just CBD and it's not just THC if we were a, a marijuana company. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, it is CBD. It's CBC. It's CBG, CBDV, and all these other cannabinoids that we're still learning about. But each has their own distinct healing qualities, you know. And we do have a little bit of a. We tried to create as much transparency as possible. So on our website, you'll see that. You know, we break down the profiles of all our oils. Uh, so you'll see exactly how much CBD is in our full spectrum hemp oil. So you're, you're not left guessing of like, okay, well, you know, it's great that this has like 100 milligrams of hemp extract, but how many of, or how much of that is active cannabinoids? And that's the whole other thing is like, there's not a lot of transparency in the space. And, you know, all the way from seed to bottle, as we've mentioned a few times from Kurt, to what we do with the product during extraction and bottling and uh, all the way to when it gets into our customers' hands. Like, you know, we want there to be transparency. Should there only be a focus for full spectrum or is there anything that even comes close? Is full spectrum the gold standard in 2018 for hemp oil? Well, full spectrum enables what's called the entourage effects. So, you know, up until a handful of years ago, it was believed that it was just a single compound that was carrying all these healing benefits. But it's since been really uncovered and the and the majority of studies now are happening around the spectrum of cannabinoids and this entourage effect, which in essence means that CBD cannabidiol is a very good activator for, for our cannabinoid receptors. Um, and it also has a host of healing benefits, but, um, you know, it's also just one compound. And when CBD enters the body as a major compound, we kind of refer to it as that's the bus and bus driver. And then, you know, when that activates all these compounds, all the cannabinoids that are riding in the back have a chance to enter the system. There's a major transporter and then all these other ones that science is still uncovering, those go into the body as well. Exactly. I guess this is why I I even have a slight frustration as I'm hearing you speak about it because I've seen so much data. And if you go on NIH and even if you go on PubMed and my own personal experience and my friends and the people in the wellness industry, Mm -hmm. the reason why CBD has such a massive bump in both SEO and just general attention is because the results continue to multiply. Mm -hmm. And it's so funny, like all truth goes through three stages. You know, we look at the early 1900s where anything hemp, CBD, marijuana was completely outlawed. It was the devil's brew. And now we're seeing it be adopted and it's just a matter of years, probably within, I don't know, a couple years, federal regulations will change. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're going to see a sweeping change about federal regulations in regards to hemp and CBD. And I know you guys don't specifically dabble in marijuana, but even for the companies that do, uh, this is what I believe. The healing is going to be multiplied in our world through. I wonder what you guys feel about federal regulations, because this is kind of a controversial piece of the conversation. Like, What would you want to see if you could wave a wand and make any federal regulation happen? Would it be nationwide? What would that look like in a dream world? Yeah, well, I, I would love to see it, you know, be fully legal, both marijuana and, you know, hemp. I, w- I would love to see that fully legal across the country because not only are we seeing the the, the benefits, uh, you know, on the on the uh, kind of medicinal side of things, but we're also seeing incredible economic impact and, you know, less people being put in prison. And, you know, from a systemic and foundational level, it's such a Mm no-brainer. It's just, you know, and this is where the frustration comes in and we don't need to get deep into this because it can turn into a dogfight. It's just the, the 
the the powers that be certainly have you know plenty of reasons not to legalize this. The fact that you know cocaine is a class two drug and marijuana and hemp, you could smoke a garbage bag full of hemp and the most you'd get is maybe a headache. You're not going to get high. And the fact that that's a, a schedule one drug mm-hmm. is with just no staggering. medical benefit. That's the definition of a schedule one drug. No right. medical benefit. And also the plant medicines that have also been shown through shamanic path, we've talked about multiple right. times on the show. Those are also schedule one. So it mm-hmm. seems like from a policy standpoint, the schedule one is things that don't actually multiply revenue for both the local and the federal level. And we can go there. I mean, look, this is wellness for us. Like we're looking for the physical and emotional intelligence so we can live our life well. Mm-hmm. So why not talk about the things that are in place that are actually preventing that from occurring, that are mm-hmm. actually preventing people from becoming more well. I see it, and I'd love your guys' take on this. I see it as the types of things like alcohol and cocaine and all these drugs that make people work more, more productive, longer nights at the office, more weekends at Buffalo Wild Wings, and all these low-level <laughs> vibration activities, which have their place sometimes for birthday parties sure. or whatever. But the things that really, the things that really drive the needle for human health. Why do you see this being a schedule one when really we know it's just a matter of time before it unfolds? Yeah. You know, to me, it's, um, it's, it's a fear of being uncomfortable and this is going like probably way too deep here, but, um, it's that fear of those who are able to venture beyond the fold and who become comfortable in uncomfortable situations and the you know the rest of the people are scared of those people because it's it's a situation that they're both apprehensive of and envious of and so people who use alternative health and people who use um you know, you know, what you showed us in your biohacking room and, you know, <laughs> the it's, naked juve meditation area. Yeah. I mean, people like raise their eyes at this, right. And raise their eyebrows. And, um, and, you know, right now it didn't used to be, but hemp and marijuana are, you know, alternative health. And, um, the government has not allowed research to, to happen on that. There's no funding for that research among, universities and other institutes that would typically do that research. That's one part of it. The other part is there's a lot of money to be made in ibuprofen and in anxiety drugs and you know all the other pharmaceuticals that address the exact same things that 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 hemp does. We see a lot of companies in pharma trying to synthesize CBD in some form and, and also even like the phytonutrient profile of hemp oil. Do you guys see this as a, as a possibility? Like, are we are we potentially going to see big pharma synthesize these natural compounds? Will they ever even come close? Uh, who knows? Because you never know what the long term effect of something synthetic is until it comes. You know, and it's just the same thing that's like happening our human with- body with five G and four G Wi Fi. We don't exactly, yeah, exactly. know what's going on there. Who right? knows when we're eighty? Like, what yeah. what what that's going to look like? Yeah. So we don't know, and uh, you know what we do know that is if you extract hemp extract from a hemp flower that it's all natural and it just came from the earth and it it doesn't need to be synthesized in a lab. 
Mm-hmm. And you know, it's uh, it just seems so so peculiar in so many ways. And you know, you touch on the paper industry too, and you know, there's cotton and you know, hemp, cannabis. I mean, they're incredible sources of yeah. You can make concrete out of hemp. There's homes being created out of hemp. Have you guys seen this on Google? Mm -hmm. We're going to link this in the show notes. Hemp has so many things from bags to furniture to homes to even flooring. I mean, it's, it's an incredibly powerful plant. But it was actually outlawed in, I think, I almost want to say it was a, a rich man. I forget his name right now, but he had a major interest in the paper mills. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's one of these, I believe, in Central California. He has the biggest mansion. I know somebody's listening right now and they're like shouting Hearst. the name yeah, out. Yeah, totally. Hearst Castle. Yeah, so he, yeah. so was it Hearst? Hearst, it was Hearst. Uh, yeah. He had an interest in the paper mills and mm-hmm. that's what actually blocked and outlawed the spreading of these powerful plants. Yeah. Well, it's paper and, and then, you know, we've. We've heard things about the alcohol lobby, and we've heard things, of course, the pharmaceutical lobby. Cotton. Um, yeah, cotton being a big one, just because hemp clothing is mm-hmm. so much cheaper and needs requires such le- like such a staggering amount less water mm. to to cultivate. It's so all in, like it's it's there. There's as Red mentioned, there's a lot of money at stake here, and that's certainly uh, yeah, but it, an inhibiting it, factor. And it's going this way, as you mentioned five minutes ago. I mean, the wave has crashed. It's just a time. It's just a matter until it all settles out. And yeah. you know, we see Mitch McConnell of all people, like you know, getting behind it. And yeah. you know, that wave has crashed, and people are waking up to it. And I think you know, a year ago when we started, I think uh, you know, we were told that the awareness level of of the term CBD was maybe two or three percent of Americans. And a year later, today, I would say it's it's probably 10, 10 times that. What do you think people are getting wrong right now? Like if you had to put oh, your finger so on things. but the number yeah. one though, like what's, what's at the top of yeah. the things that are most frustrating? Cause there's, there's many of, of you kind of leaders, like you guys are on the bleeding edge and there's companies like you that I've been looking at and, and seeing what they're doing. What do you guys have trouble with? What's the mm-hmm. misconception out there for most people about CBD and about hemp oil? Well, you know, as I mentioned, we we call it full spectrum hemp oil, which is what it is. But everybody's looking for CBD. That's the buzzword, you know, CBD, CBD. And then they look on our bottle and they don't see CBD, and they go, oh, "All right, so next website, you know, or <laughs> or next bottle." Because um, unless you look in our ingredients, of which there's only two, which um, speaks to our, you know, dedication to the natural process as well, you'll see phytocannabinoids in there. But uh, but yeah, that's a big mis mis conception for us. And the reason we do that again is regulatory. Um, our lawyers told us that that's what we needed to do and that's what we do. Yeah. And, and there's a reason for that. And it, it has to do with the pharmaceutical mm-hmm. industry, which yeah, is that's very true. because, uh, you know, the first uh, drug was approved that contains CBD as it's named. So CBD, according to the FDA, is now an ingredient of a pharmaceutical drug. So saying that this product is CBD is the same as saying, you know, this horny goat weed is Viagra or something like that. Mm, Okay. um, You know, uh, obviously a more direct correlation, but given FDA compliance regulations, we're actually not allowed Mm -hmm. to have CBD in our bottle. Do you think that will ever change in the future? Uh, I don't see that it would. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think there will be a lot of companies who will go into a lot of hurt because they're not being compliant. So and, let, let's paint this picture for people listening then. We have CBD on the left, 
which is like, you know, its own entity. Then we have hemp oil on the right. Full spectrum hemp oil. Full spectrum hemp oil on the right, just to visualize this. What is the key difference between the two? Okay, so CBD is just a single compound. It's cannabidiol. If it actually is, there might there are many full spectrum hemp oils that are being called CBD just because it's easy, more easy easy to sell. Yeah, but the the biggest difference is that the full spectrum means that it has CBD and a whole bunch of other good stuff. Okay, yeah, and it's it's honestly the the closest profile that you could imagine to the plant itself. And yeah. you know we're not creating. CBD isolate in a lab or full spectrum isolate that literally comes in kilos of white powder. You're pressing it from a plant. Absolutely. I yeah, mean, we're literally we're, at the yeah. farm with Kurt, right? No, not at the farm. We, we, uh, we take his, uh, his hemp flowers and extract it at a different facility. Uh, but we do use only the hemp flowers. And that's another thing to specify is that, you know, the standard thing in industrial hemp is to use big equipment and just mass harvest the stuff. And then, you know, do a whole plant extract, which is throwing the entire plant that includes stalks and seeds and leaves and, and the flowers too. But at the end of the day, you get a, a diluted product that does not carry the same kind of flavonoids and uh, terpenes and trichomes. Trichomes are those like hairs and crystals that you see on ah on, on the kind bud yes on the well, KB. this has nothing to do with marijuana yeah. let's be very clear about that <laughs> this is not marijuana this is hemp which is still a misconception with people mm-hmm. left over from yeah. the judgment era yeah exactly. that's another big one you yeah. know we we get a lot of um older folks who say i've lived my whole life and i've never smoked a joint the entire my entire life and we have their children or their their nieces and nephews in many cases um saying, you know, mom, you got to try this. Like, this is really going to help you. And they, there's a massive resistance to that. So, you know, Ned, the, the way we've gone about it with our branding, with our, our graphic design, and with, you know, everything from our website to our product itself, it's all designed to be very approachable. It's designed not to look like the other full-spectrum hemp oil CBD bottles out there. It's um, it's more of a um, much more approachable brand is what we're going for. I hope we've achieved that. Um, I think so. I mean, this is. I feel like I know Kurt, this myth- yeah. mythical farmer. Yeah, and it's interesting too because you talked about the way it's extracted. Ethanol is actually the way without high heat and pressure. It's more gentle to the plant. Mm-hmm. Uh, you use just the flower and the buds. Uh, this is where all the goodness comes from. Yeah. Exactly. How do you do that? What is your process that's different from the other brands out there that are leading? Well, you know, it goes to a belief as well. And that goes back to Kurt, who really instilled that in me. But it's a it's a belief that plants will give you their medicine if you respect them and treat them with respect. And so, you know, if you take those plants and throw them in a thrasher and and then you extract at super high heat with massive amounts of pressure... You will get some medicine out, but you don't know how good that medicine is. You don't know what that the the molecular structure, what that profile looks like. So, you know, we we extract at room temperature and we extract with very or with no pressure. So that's that's our way of respecting the plant at the end of its life and asking it to give us its its medicine. And it's the same thing you do. It's the, sort of the same principle. If you're a hunter and you've, or if you could imagine 
hunting a deer and missing and wounding the animal and having to track it down and it's terrified and it's injured and there's just bad energy when you put a bullet in its head. The meat is very different than if you get a clean shot. And so it's the same principle with the plants. We want them to have a, a very good end of life so that the energy that they have at that point after they've been harvested and live their life is the very best energy that we can get. So that's, you know, we're going to those lengths to find that quality product. And that's another, you know, you asked about what are some of the challenges, you know, there's a wide range of quality on the market. And um, it's very difficult for us to just tell people we need to show people. And that's why we wanted to be on your podcast. And it's why uh, we think podcasts are such a good platform for us because it's about telling that story. Yeah. And you know, Adrian is a is a storyteller. And that's why when I met Kurt and then I, I found the very best extraction group in Colorado, before I got off that street, I, I got in my truck and before I hit the stop sign, I was on the phone to Adrian because I knew it needed to have that great storyteller behind it. Because otherwise, you know, I like I said earlier, I don't know how to create a bad product. I don't want to do it. So it needs it needs to have that that great storyteller. And I, you know, at this point in my career, this is about creating something good. This is about giving. This is about, you know, following that 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 vision that I had in the desert, which was to reconnect people with nature and that by doing so, that will help those people thrive. And the more people that are thriving, the better off the world will be. And yeah, so, you know, I really don't want to have a business that's not about that at this point in my career. I love the way that you talked about hunting and, and the cycle of life. We know about the closed organic cycle where everything feeds into everything else, the way that you talked mm -hmm. about honoring and respecting the plants. This honoring, respecting really goes back to earlier in our conversation when I asked, how do we make business and how do we make money? And yeah. also, how do we serve Mother Earth? Because hemp is not just for hippies anymore. Like, this is not something where we need to sing Kumbaya and be in a van. And you, know, mm -hmm. you can do that if you want to. But this is something that athletes, professionals, CEOs, if you had to paint a picture for who this is truly for, yeah. who is this for? Who is CBD and hemp oil? Who is it actually for? Yeah, no. So, so Ned is really for, for those who are really looking to improve. Uh, you know, if you're for everyone, you're for no one, but Ned can be for anyone, uh, as we've seen it in our, the customers we were telling you about it, it we have a, a massive range in customers, you know, and, and that's really it. Like we, we want to, to be there as a first line of defense for people before, they have to resort to doctors and pharmaceuticals. And, you know, I will never knock Western medicine. There's always a time for it. But that doesn't mean that if I have a panic attack that I should all of a sudden get put on a Xanax prescription that I can't get off for the next 10 years. I wonder what would have happened to me. I, I just wrote to our uh, wellness force list in conjunction with what you're saying about my experience of getting altitude sickness at Whitney. I wonder what would have happened for me to calm down. I knew I was going to go down the mountain anyways, but for those cases where athletes or somebody hiking or somebody experiences an acute uh, injury of the psyche or of the emotional load overwhelm, can that be used? Can hemp oil, can Ned be used in that moment with cued breathing with mindful attentiveness to their physiology, can it be a tool in that moment of a panic attack or of an acute emotional disorder 
to help manage that in that moment? Do you think that we'll see this come often more and more? So what we tell folks, and this is based on our, our research, is that you know when you take our products, the first thing you're going to notice, first night you might have a better night's sleep. You'll toss and turn less. You'll, you know, you'll sleep through the night and you'll wake up feeling a bit more rested. And I'm trying not to make claims here, uh, but let's see. So it's really with sustained use that you really see the benefits yeah. across other areas that you just referred to. I and mean, we talked about earlier in the show. So I would not say that it's an abortive treatment to a, a panic attack or um, anything like that. But you know, with uh, with a regimen of natural remedies and you know, with a, a more natural lifestyle that is connected to the natural world, you would hopefully avert the need for that acute. Or, or abortive treatment, and one of the things we've we've referred to a lot, just in our social media and in our you know in our newsletter that goes out every two weeks, is is these uh, these restorative traditions and uh, practices from all over the world. You know, I'm deeply connected to the Finnish sauna, which is one of the most incredible healing and and just is that like a sweat lodge. Uh, sauna, sauna, sauna. We call it. It's sauna. a cool way to say. We call lodge. it sauna in uh, in <laughs> Finland. Um, and then you know, talking about things like uh, Shinrin Yoku, which is uh, Japanese forest bathing, and that is uh, an incredible. Call it an innovation, although how, you know, I mean, it's 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 a big part of functional medicine in Japan. Is oh, you're having a shitty day. Oh, you're like depressed, like. Walk in the forest for an hour every day for a week. Come back and see me. And this is actually a prescription from a Japanese physician, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Shinren Yoku. Yeah, we talked about this with Evan Brand. We're going to link that in the show notes cool. to Shinren Yoku. So I love that you brought that up. And I'm thinking about like I'm feeling inspired from talking to you guys. I knew this is going to be great. I had tried the product for a while. Uh, I don't have any financial interest in the product. I just like the product. But at the same time, we see these opposing forces, the growth and the bleeding edge that you guys are producing in the wellness industry. And we also see these ivory towers of control that are beginning to show cracks. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just a matter of time. We're going to look back on this conversation a year from now and, and we're, going to be, we're going to realize like, oh, we couldn't talk about certain things or claim certain things. Do you feel like a year from now we will be able to? No, uh, I don't. I think that... You know those rules will stay in place for the same reasons that we mentioned earlier about just protecting consumers, and those rules have a place. Uh, but I think there will be, you know, a much greater awareness and acknowledgement of natural medicine and functional medicine, uh, and you see it all over the place. Like it doesn't just, you know, happen with, you know, cannabinoids. Like there are so many roots and herbs and fungi and minerals that you know, our ancestors have used for millennia and, you know, they've just been kind of forgotten and, and swapped out for these synthetic uh, products that, you know, have been making people more ill. And, um, you know, so I think there, there will be a return and, you know, that also goes to speak about Ned, like in, in a year's time, like we don't want to just be a CBD company. Like we are, you know, searching the world for the best natural remedies that are the best of the best. And we plan to bring many of those back home under the Ned label. And, you know, in five years time, we'd love for Ned to be that alternative to a pharmacy that, you know, you don't need to, you know, go sifting through 
all sorts of literature and you know the endless aisles of vitamins and that you can just come to Ned and we'll keep it simple for you. Yes, and and that's and that's really our our mission is is beyond CBD. CBD was in our backyard. It, you know, Rhett found an incredible farmer, an incredible way to extract oil, and you know I feel very fortunate. He called me to start a company together, but very quickly, you know, in honestly, even our first real deep dive in it, we realized that we, sh- we can't just stop in our backyard, like. You know, I just spent two years traveling the world, experiencing all sorts of natural healing and natural medicines and having this, you know, epic kind of sustenance farmer up in Lapland in the middle of winter, you know, boiling up this big black thing that I found out was chaga. And, you know, he had just chipped it off of a, a birch tree in his on his land and was using that natural medicine and, and understanding what all these things can do for us in a natural way that again, is not bleeding our pockets or compounding issues with our health and, uh, and really just allowing us to, to thrive and improve. I think you said it so perfectly to thrive and improve this evolution. You know, it's funny. I think if you look at Moore's law where everything doubles in, in both efficiency and then, uh, Uh, 50% less in price. The curve for human evolution and technology, I think about six years ago hit. And now it's the hockey stick where technology continues to spike in its efficiency and its productivity. You know, we have AI and all these things. How do you guys see hemp oil and CBD lowering the negative deleterious aspects of technology and that hockey stick? In other words, will the use of CBD with a mindful basis Will that take away from the stress load of technology? Because let's face it, I mean, we're under attack by technology right now. Mm -hmm. We have Facebook, Mm -hmm. we have Google, we are being tracked in this very moment, even with our phones turned off, they still know we're here. What are we going to do and and how does CBD work into this and hemp oil work into the stress load that technology creates? Yeah, well, you know, first of all, just the way it works with the body, with the endocannabinoid system, that's, that's one part of it. You know, the other part is just knowing that you're doing something good for your body and that there's no guilt behind swallowing that pill. You know, when on our, on our label, we say, um, instead of directions or suggested use, it says ritual. And then it says, you know, one full dropper under the tongue, hold for three breaths. And I always tell people, take that time for yourself. You know, think about what you're grateful for. Maybe just clear your mind for a moment. And also transport yourself to the place where the hemp is grown, because this is a product that comes directly from the earth that is farmed in the most natural way it can be, that's then extracted as naturally as possible and put into a glass bottle that arrives uh, at your doorstep. And that is a, a connection with the natural, with, with, with natural, with nature. So that is... You know, that's another part of how that can help you is is finding that deep connection. Let's talk about the dosha that's done because people are mm-hmm. probably curious, do I have to take this every day? How many times a day should I be taking this? Uh, they're going to get hit with technology all day long, but, mm-hmm. but would it be like before a stressful business meeting? Would it be uh, a ritual in the morning since rituals on the bottle? Mm-hmm. What does the dosage look like for hemp oil specifically? Yeah, well, it's, it's different for everyone and um, it's not necessarily cor- correlated with how 
big you are or... Like I'm 215, so what, I yeah, need to take more? Not necessarily. It's about your endocannabinoid system mm. and what that's asking for. So we always recommend people start with a the recommended dose, which is 10 milligrams. And it depends whether or not, you know, if it's for anxiety or it's for joint and muscle pain or inflammation, you know, we would recommend different times of the day. If it's obviously for trouble sleeping, we would say before bed. Um, some of the other symptoms, um, again, without making claims. I love how safe you guys have to be. Yeah. I, res- I respect that. That's cool. You don't see that from other supplement companies, but uh, <laughs> you know, before before bed or sometime in the morning. What I do, I'm a I'm a runner and an ultra marathon runner. I've I'm constantly inflamed, constantly with you know achy joints and muscles. I use our body butter in the morning, and I just lather it all over my knees and my hips. And then before bed, I do about um, 20 milligrams before bed and I sleep like a champ and I know that it's working for me overnight. And, you know, I enjoy that little ritual before bed. I love this recovery aspect because research shows and common knowledge shows that the training is actually where you tear the actin, myosin, and the sarcomere, Mm -hmm. but then your rest and recovery is actually where you grow. So if you have a tool to help you recover better then yeah, you can go train harder the next day. You can do whatever you want. I'm curious with the local, when you put on the rub, it goes through the epidermis. Does it hit locally the spot that's inflamed? Does it it have to go through a different portal or transporter or does it go right there? It goes right there. Now it goes into the entire bloodstream, but it it does seem to focus in those areas where you need it. Okay. Because we've all been sore and we've put on like icy hot or something on our Mm -hmm. body. So I'm just curious with the CBD locally when you apply it to the the muscle area. And I think stacking the two. So you have many different products. You have the balm, you have the oil that you ingest under the tongue, you have the the rub that you put on the muscle tissue. Are there any other products that you guys see on the horizon? Is there anything else that you think is really going to serve people in their wellness? Uh, yes, many, uh, it's a short answer, but, <laughs> okay. uh, we, we will be, uh, introducing a new category of products. Can you tell us what it is? Can we? Right? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. All right. Wellness Force exclusive. <laughs> All right. This is a Wellness Force exclusive. Uh, so magnesium is our next category, which is another regulator in our bodies. Uh, and about 75% of Americans are deficient of magnesium because it's just not in our food anymore. And uh, it's an incredibly essential compound. People with magnesium deficiency suffer from lethargy and suffer from muscle cramps and depression and you know we uh i guess what we won't disclose is the way we'll be introducing it okay you know we found some ways more effective than others and we're uh we're going to be introducing a category for magnesium that is sourced responsibly and you know following a similar format because we want all our customers to know what the ingredients are where they came from know that they're made in small batches with care and that they're made by extraordinary people. The more I dive into CBD hemp oil, just in general, this industry, it seems like every year it doubles over in reach and in magnitude. It's just a matter of time. And I I did say that a year from now, things will be different. I want to play devil's advocate though. Because a lot of people see CBD as something that because it'll be adopted federally soon, that there won't be any margins and it won't be as big as people think it's going to be. What do you guys project in the next three years or so, CBD, hemp, this industry in general? Where do you think the margins will actually be for people that are interested? Well, I think it's, uh, you know, you have Chevys and you have Ferraris uh, in any industry. And, you know, I think for the companies that do it right, 
there will be sustainability in that business. There always has and there always will be across industries. They're the ones who really do it right and look after their customers, look after, you know, the people they do business with, you know. So so we're less concerned about the sustainability of our CBD business. We are certainly thinking about these other categories as, you know, business opportunities as well. But at the end of the day, we're really just trying to aggregate the best of the best from around the world. And we truly feel that if we do things the right way from seed to bottle, from you know magnesium field to bottle, whatever it might be, uh, that we will sustain as a business and we will thrive. This has been the coolest conversation about hemp and CBD I've ever had. And we just happened to record a podcast about it. Uh, I love this so much, you guys. The website is helloned.com. For one question that really resounds deeply for all of us, and it's, it's wellness, you know, the definition of this wellness, looking at both of your past from coming from the freaking concrete jungle where you had panic attacks and you were forced to be in a village in some desert somewhere that you didn't want to be on a mattress laying there and knowing what you guys understand now about um, the phytochemicals and the healing that can come from these plants. I'd love to go one by one. Uh, how yeah. would you define wellness in your life right now, uh, Adrian? How would you define wellness? Uh, wellness to me is simplicity and balance. You know, my life three years ago was consumed by work, my love life and my social life, uh, or work, women and partying if, if we want to be more colloquial about it. And, you know, the way that I lived that life was just full of chaos and there was no simplicity and there was no balance. And I really do think that's what led to my burnout that, I was not being honest with myself and uh, I wasn't listening to myself. And so s simplicity is huge. You know, like I used to have huge closet full of suits and clothes and whatever it might be. That's all gone. You know, I've found an amazing partner and my girlfriend, Brittany, and she's, you know, she's all I need. So by simplifying all these aspects of my life and, and, you know, Ned is really the cherry on top. Ned, you know, these other things enable me to to put, you know, my creative energy and my my, my intention into Ned. Uh, so, simplicity and balance. Brittany just blushed because you gave her <laughs> such props on the show. How would you define wellness, Rhett? Yeah, it's um, you know, it's it's been hard fought, but man, I'm well right now. I really, really am, and I'm just getting you know better and better too. It's it's great because. Wellness to me is about being in alignment with who I really am and with my values. And, um, you know, your, your um, email post from a couple of weeks ago really resonated with me because I was where you were with that sledgehammer moment. You know, I've had that, I'm four years, four and a half years removed from it. And I have absolutely risen from those ashes. So I know you will too. I mean, I thank you so much for sharing and being vulnerable with that experience very, very, very powerful. But for me, it's about being in alignment. And that started with moving to the mountains, uh, to Boulder, Colorado, and to pursuing this, this, this destiny of mine, which is to help people reconnect with nature. And, um, and the active day in and day out of, of pursuing that is bringing me incredible wellness. Um, and, you know, there are times too, when I have not you know, walk the talk when I've let 
you know, a, a week or two go by where I haven't been to the mountains or where I haven't even worked out, you know, I'm just in the office working, working, working. And I say, I'll work out in the evening and it doesn't happen for a week or more. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm getting away from that where I'm, I'm actually really, you know, talking, the, walking the talk and, um, you know, I'm making a, a big step that direction and spending and my wife and I were, were under contract right now on a house in, in the mountains. And my daughter, Sienna, is going to grow up with an endless backyard. And she's going to have that experience because I believe so deeply in it. And my wife does as well. The house happens to be beautiful for her. So that, that definitely helps. And, um, you know, just living in alignment, living in the, integ- the place of integrity from which I've, I now find myself. Thank you for your definitions, because I think this universal question of like, what is wellness? It's such a never ending answer. Mm. And the way that you guys have come on the show and, and, and bared your authenticity and just talked about what's really up for you. This is what I've connected with. This is what everyone in the Wellness Force audience has connected with. Uh, on social, you're Ned. The website again is helloned.com. You guys. Social is, actually oh, social is meet Ned. Ned. Okay. So let Adrian, let Rhett know that you heard him on Wellness Force. We're going to be talking about this so much more in the Wellness Force group as well. It's wellnessforce.com forward slash group. Rhett, Adrian, thank you so much. I want to take a breath here and just thank you guys and acknowledge you for the impact that you create in wellness. And guys, the first line of defense, for if you're listening right now, it's your breath. And right after that, it's your stress reduction. So if you're looking for something to reduce your stress, go to helloned.com. Make sure you let them know you heard them on Wellness Force. And we'll be doing some fun things in the future with Ned. I think this is just the beginning of a cool relationship. Rhett, Adrian, thanks so much for coming on the show. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Seriously, Thank you Josh. for having us. It's uh, leading with vulnerability, as we discussed Thanks, about. Man. Hey, my friend. Thank you for hanging out and growing with me on today's show. Remember to hit subscribe, share this podcast with somebody you care about that you think gets to hear this message. Support the show by leaving a five-star review for the podcast right now, simply by tapping on your show artwork on your iPhone. Click that purple link that says review this podcast. It helps the show reach more conscious and smart people like you, and your voice will attract more world-class guests that want to come on the show. So let them hear your voice. For all the downloads, videos, links, and free resources mentioned on the episode, go to wellnessforce.com forward slash radio. And while you're at my house on the web, join us in the Wellness Force community newsletter on that page and I'll send you four free guides around staying healthy with your eating, moving, and sleeping while you travel. But don't let this conversation stop here. Join a group of people like you over at the Wellness Force community Facebook page. This is where we talk about the things that really matter. We share our wins, inspirations, struggles, and a lot more. So join us, tap on the show artwork on your phone and hit that purple link that says join the Facebook group and I will welcome you at the door. Okay, now you get to go out into your world and create impact for the people that you care about. So until I see you again real soon, I'm wishing you love and wellness.